Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, do you want to be certain your online content is easy to locate online? Then today's program is for you. This is where you will find the correct SEO, search engine optimization strategy, to make your content quickly found and what mistakes to avoid. My guest joins us today from the great state of Virginia. Jill Kurtz, APR, is the principal strategist of Kurtz Digital Strategy. She is an expert at digital marketing, marketing, social media, strategic communications, and public relations. Her background includes marketing and public relations experience for General Motors, International Paper, Fairfax County Public Schools, and American Public University System. Her firm earned a 2018 TOT Award of Excellence from the Public Relations Society of America National Capital Chapter. Other awards include the Communitas Leadership Award, the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce Top Hat Service Award, another PRSA Award, and many others. Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Now, we're going to focus on basically how to strategize and put your SEO information together to be found quickly. But first, let's talk about perhaps some of the mistakes that people are making now that prevents them from being found quickly online. Sure. You know, I think there's no uh, three letters that makes uh, people than SEO, search engine optimization. It's, it's always a challenge, and I think that a lot of people really think it's more difficult than it is, actually, to achieve good SEO. I do want to say before I talk about some of the common mistakes that I think public relations people are in the best position to achieve good SEO, not because of our technical skills, but because we are all about telling people what they need to know, sharing information, providing it in a way that they can understand and that they can use. And that's exactly what search engines want too. So I'll just put that context out there and then I'll jump into some of the things that people do wrong. And one of the biggest things people do wrong is overthinking it. 
you know, they, they think that SEO is something that they have to achieve and they don't realize that SEO is something they will get as a reward for presenting excellent content mm -hmm. in a way that their audience wants it. So a lot of the big mistakes out there are because people are trying to, I guess, game the search engine algorithm. Um, they're doing things just with the intent of trying to achieve SEO and that can be really counterproductive. So, you know, if you are working from a list of keywords because they're what is on Google trending right now and you think that the best thing you can do is to use those keywords in your content, you're off on the wrong path. The, the keywords that you should use in your content are the keywords that your target audience is using, the things that they care about, the things that they want to know. So um, that's one big um, mistake. The other mistake that you can make is, you know, if you think that you have found uh, kind of the golden ticket, some content that is just really SEO friendly, it seems to be ranking well, you don't want to copy content. Um, that is a big search engine no-no. Search engines are looking for one authority for all content you'd be much better off to link to that authoritative content than to try to replicate it at your site. Um, if you put content at your site and the search engine feels that you are not the original source of that content, they'll penalize you in the search results. You will, come, you will rank lower than you would have otherwise. However, if you link to that authoritative content, that signals to the search engines that you understand the space that you're talking about, that you know where the authoritative content is, and it will reward your content with a boost rather than a penalty. Well, just so a, always just just a quick question now when you say link to a content now, I just want to be certain that this would be a content that I would be the author of or content that someone else is the author of, which is the best way to do that? Yes and yes, because okay. search engines <laughs> like both internal linking, which is content that you have also written. So when you have a website, um, one, of, uh, one of the most effective uh, search engine strategies is to help the search engine find all of your related content. So we're talking about SEO today. Mm -hmm. So if you have a service that is providing SEO help to a client, you should link that page to blog posts that you write about SEO. You should help aggregate the, all of that content into one hub that the search engines can crawl and see, wow, you have a lot of content on this topic. That will really help your ranking. So that's called internal linking. But external linking is likewise very, very important for SEO. And it's the thing that I find that people most often want to ignore because it can be challenging. Some sites are really easy to link to. You see a lot of sites that have a lot of Wikipedia links, for example, and that's because that's kind of public domain and you can just link to it. Getting links to other websites can involve you know, asking for permission to link it. I'm writing a, a blog post right now that involves a couple of professionals in a group that I'm in. And, you know, I'm going through the process of checking with all of them. You know, is it okay with them if I quote them by name, A, and B, that I link to their website? Some people, for some reasons, don't want links, and other people really welcome it because they understand the SEO value. So there are often a couple of steps to getting external links. But if you find content that's really highly relevant to your target audience and really a good fit 
with the content that's your content at your website, it's an excellent strategy to link to that content because then you become part of the web of authoritative information um, mm -hmm. that the search engines value. Now, in terms of when we talk about content, there there is the article and there is the title for the article. How do you determine perhaps how to, the words to develop for the title? Should that be as important and refer heavily to what the content is about so it's easily picked up by, by uh, uh, search engines? Yes. Um, and so this is, that's a really great point. So I mentioned before, you don't want to just get, you know, a keyword list off of, you know, Google trending or whatever, but you do want to know what the keywords are that are important to your target audience. And I always refer to that keyword list being a PR person. I always refer to it as kind of the vocabulary list. And so, you know, you get your keywords, you base those on what your target audience is interested in, what they're actually searching, what are the questions they commonly ask. And that becomes your vocabulary list. And so whenever possible, you use that vocabulary list as opposed to other words, you know, other synonyms for the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it is really important, yes, that the title of your content use a keyword that really speaks to your target audience that will get their attention. That's what they're looking for. That's the words that they're using. Now, you know, sometimes people can feel like, wow, that's just, that could be really boring. You know, there are really clever ways to use keywords. It doesn't mean that your, your content, your writing needs to be boring. But what it does mean is that when, it, when you have a choice of two different words, use the word that your audience uses. Mm -hmm. Use the word that will grab your audience attention. So search engines actually expect a web page to be structured. Um, of course, they don't actually read. They just kind of crawl the underlying coding of your page. So the way to really make search engines love you is to really structure your page very, very properly. And that begins with the title tag, which in the search engines world is called the H1, the H1 heading. And that's where you want to have the keyword that's the main topic of mm -hmm. the page that you're that you're presenting. Okay. Then there are other there are subheads and those can be anything H3 H2 to H6 is common. Now you're just picking, you know, subhead 1, subhead 2. You don't have to worry about the coding behind because it's a wonderful thing about so many web platforms these days. They take care of all the coding for you. Mm -hmm. um, but just make sure that you are you only have one main heading on a page and then Subheads that are of equal weight are using the same label, whatever that is in your content management system, and then subheads that go under it use, you know, a less, you know, a smaller subhead. So if your if your uh, main title is heading one, then your main subheads should be heading twos, and then subheads under those subheads should be heading th heading threes. Those allow the search engine to really understand the structure of your page. And it also has another benefit. In these days of online, research is showing we are scanners, not readers. We, people scan online pages. And the subheads are one of the things that very reliably people will scan. So this practice not only helps you with the, subhead, with the search engines, it also helps you with your, your viewer to, to understand in a quick scan, what is the content of your page? And mm -hmm. then they'll decide whether or not they'll go back and read those paragraphs in between those subheads. 
So it's really helpful both to your audience and to the search engines to really pay attention to the title of your page as well as the subheads that structure your page. So technically, we're, we're saying in a digital world, so to speak, that the, your heading, the words in your content attract not only the search engine, but it's basically what headlines and newspapers did. Those headlines really attracted you to make you decide if you wanted to read the article or not. And so the search engines are performing somewhat of the same function then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Search engines really want what you want. And that's why I was saying at the, at the beginning that it's really not as complicated as sometimes we try to make it out. Mm -hmm. Search engines want to connect people with the information that they need or want or desire. That should be your goal in your website as well. There's what is the information for? The information is to serve the needs of your target audience. So the extent to, to, that you do that well, you will be rewarded in search engines because search engines are trying to do the same thing. So it just begins, or people should begin, if, if they aren't doing it already, just begin to think that way. The, the, the heart and soul of this article or this text or this information is about A. And uh, so that word A has to appear in, my, in my, the title of my article. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you referred to newspaper writing. And like many people, I started my career writing for newspapers. And, you know, usually you wrote the headline last. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you know, you wrote the article and then the headline really distilled the main point of the article. Right. Um, and writing online is exactly the same. You, you definitely want to, you know, we all know in public relations that writing short is much harder than writing long form. Mm -hmm. um, and the Web really is a short form game. The fewer the words, the better your comprehension will be among your your, your targeted reader and also the better your um, comprehension by the search engine will be because the more words you have, the more confused it can get about <laughs> what the page is really all about. Mm -hmm. Well, so what are some other tips that, that you believe that people can benefit from? We, we've got the fact that the words, the particular the keywords or the, the main message words need to be right up front in, in the headlines and perhaps also on the subhead. Uh, how about content development? Uh, is there anything about that that uh, can also help uh, in the search part of it? So, you know, as I was mentioning about subheads, you really want to structure your content in um, digestible chunks of information. You know, we've all heard the term wall of content. People, if they go to a web page and it's just a lot of words and it's not broken up by subheads or it not doesn't have bulleted content, mm -hmm. it can be very daunting and we tend to just move on because we're all, we're all in a rush all the time. So it's really important how to think about structuring your content for the online reader. You know, how can you break it up into those little digestible chunks that will help somebody to scan the page and jump to write exactly what they're interested in seeing? And again, you know, you want to write in a very short form. And short being the key word, short sentences, short paragraphs, short words. Everything shorter, the better. Usually what I'm doing for clients these days is I go into their sites and I'm, I kind of just extract a whole bunch of extra words. And it's amazing. I mean, you can mm -hmm. sometimes cut copy by 50% and it will still have the same meanings. You know, it's just really important. You want to be laser focused when you're writing for the web and make sure 
that you're saying you're, you're providing meaningful quality information, but that you're not cluttering all of that up with a lot of fancy words, a lot of punctuation is another thing that makes things hard to read online. You want to keep your punctuation very simple. Um, I used to be a lover of the semicolon. Uh, <laughs> that is not, <laughs> not a good punctuation mark for online. It's very confusing to see a semicolon online. So two sentences, no semicolon. So, um, you know, it's just, and, and again, really understand what is the main message of what you're trying to say mm -hmm. that also that also really helps with with not only helping people to understand your content online but helping the search engines to kind of distill to what the major point is now i we've been talking a lot about what you do on the page and you know one of the things that i want to say to pr people out there is you know you want to know what seo is don't get really wrapped up in all the technical aspects of SEO. That's kind of for, you know, your tech support person. But there are two things that are not visible on the page. Well, actually three, I'm going to say. They're not visible on the page, but they are really important to SEO. And one is your meta page title. And this is what, when somebody searches and you come up in the results, this is the uh, information that's in bold or, you know, is the largest thing. And that is the page title. Mm -hmm. It is not necessarily the title on your page. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have an ability in whatever web, you know, writing system you're using, content management system, you want to be sure that you have access to the meta page title and that you can intentionally populate that in a way that uses keywords and attracts your reader. The other meta field, which is not on the page, but is really important to search engines, is the meta description. And that is about 155 characters, and that's what comes on the search results page right below your meta title. Okay. So if you, if you start paying attention, you'll notice that it's not always the first 155 words on the page. Often it's, you know, it's, I'm sorry, 155 characters. Mm -hmm. Often it's different. And that is the signal of somebody who is really using that field to their best advantage because the first 155 characters on your page could be bullet points. It could be stuff that doesn't read well written in the paragraph form on a search result page. So you want to make sure that you intentionally add your meta description. And then the third one is that you want to have what is called an alt or alternative tag on every image. And this is really important to search engines because search engines can't see your pictures. And so the alt tag is a way for you to, again, reinforce what your content is about. So if your page is about, you know, the best way to plant tomatoes in Virginia, I'm, you know, I'm into the gardening over here. Okay. Um, and you have pictures on your page that maybe are examples of tomatoes you've grown in your garden. You want to have alt tags that explain what that picture is of because to the search engine, all it sees is a file name if you don't have an alt tag and mm -hmm. it has no idea. It's blind to what that content um, is. So if I then have five pictures on the page that are also talking about growing and planting tomatoes, that actually not only helps the search engine to understand what my photos are, but it also helps with my SEO because now I have five more pieces of content that are directly related to the subject matter of my page. Mm -hmm. So, so those are things that don't show up on the page that 
you know, are important for search engines. They're the big ones. There are a couple of other nuances, like I said, more technical. But other than that, by focusing on the actual content of the page is, is really the key for good SEO. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, as you said, not being too worried, when I write particularly some things that I'm going to send for the newspaper if I'm angling for that particular part of print, is that I try to keep it down to 500 words. That seems to be the top or the ceiling, if you will, of things that they like to, to get and uh, operate from. And I'm assuming that the same might be true for online writing as well? Yeah, which is that's a really great point. So the answer is it depends. And so the kind of the floor if, of online writing length is 300 words. Okay. Google and other major search engines don't index content that's fewer than 300 words. There's just not enough there for them to understand how authoritative something is. So if your content is under 300 words, that could be fine for the purpose of your page, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be a, then a page that does particularly well with SEO. Okay. However, so 300 to 500 words is usually the guidelines I use for kind of everyday pages. But there is also a phenomenon that sometimes people really want the deeper dive. Mm-hmm. And so you shouldn't be afraid to have a page that is, many more words than 500 words, if it is worthy, right? If there is really deep, rich content there that's serving the need of your audience. Now, one of the things that a lot of people do as a technique is, you know, they'll have something that will kind of lead to that, you know, so you'll have something at your website, maybe a really compelling headline, and maybe a paragraph or two of information that's really the top takeaways from that deeper dive. And then you link over to the page with the deeper dive for people who want more information. That helps you avoid that kind of, oh, this is a wall of information. I don't want to read it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend time on this page. So it helps you kind of like, you know, give somebody a little bit of a taste uh, of what it is that you've got to offer. And then they can elect to go into the longer information. So there really is no hard and fast rule of, you know, something being too long. You just have to structure it smartly so that you kind of, you know, work the reader into that. If they really want that information, that's where they want to be. They will sit and they will read that information. Mm -hmm. It's just not the first thing you want to hit them with. Well, Jill, let me say this. You have provided us in this very short period of time a world of information, and I'm certainly going to keep that in mind when I'm putting my information online as well. So any closing remarks you might have for our listeners that uh, they should also keep in mind? Yeah, you know, to, to the PR audience, I would say just keep doing what you do so well. Focus on understanding your audience, understanding what they want, what interests them, how they think about the topic that you're communicating and continue to do that well. And the search engines will reward you for, for the quality content that you're providing. I think the big mistake we get into is we start paying more attention to, you know, trying to figure out really an algorithm that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't spend (laughs) your time Understand your audience. And Mm -hmm. if you understand your audience, the algorithm will reward you. If you start really going down the rabbit hole of, you know, (laughs) tweaking just to speak to the algorithm, you know, it's just, it's a headache. 
<laughs> it's a headache. You don't want to go there. So just do what you do, PR pros, um, and continue to do it well online, and um, the search engines will love you. Well, Jill, thank you so very much. Uh, my guest today has been Jill Kurtz, uh, principal with Kurtz Digital Strategy. And uh, Jill, thank you so much. And perhaps we can get with you and talk with you again uh, on some other uh, digital matters in the near future. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And the landscape changes all the time. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, uh, to my listeners, thank you for joining us. And uh, please join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review. And, of course, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a review uh, from you. So we look forward to having you again on our next edition. Thank you, and have a great day. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast. <laughs>